Well, good morning. Welcome to community. Uh, so glad that you are here. And those were some pictures from the GLS, which was absolutely amazing. And uh, I'll let Troy tell you more about that a little bit later. But it was really inspiring and incredible. Uh, so glad that you're here. And so glad that you have uh, chosen to spend this beautiful morning with us. Uh, and it's just it's something really powerful about when we all decide to get together and, and sing and learn and grow. And today is uh, especially unique. Uh, so again, if you're brand new, if you've never been here before, uh, I want to say welcome and uh, want to encourage you to tell us your story. We have this thing called the Connection Lounge, which that's the whole point is to connect. And so there's going to be people that are ready and willing and waiting to just be there and point you in the right direction and see how our church might be able to be a good fit and some places to plug in. Um, but also, just to give you a little heads up, especially if you're new, that you know, we're, our setup is a little bit different today. Uh, we're we're going to be uh, learning and hearing from Troy and just what he learned on his study break and, uh, and especially how, how music has played an important part in, in his journey and in his life. And, and music obviously plays an important part of what we do every single week here. Um, so we're going to be doing uh, some songs throughout this whole morning. And some of them might be new to you. And uh, some of them might be familiar, some of them might not be. And I would encourage you that in any case to engage and to respond however you see uh, fit. So that doesn't mean you just have to sit down and listen, but that also means that you can't just sit down and listen. Or to join us in singing or to stand, uh, to, um, however you want to uh, respond, I encourage you to do that. And this idea of songs, I love this picture in Zephaniah. You know, when we just did our 10 series, this overview of the Bible and the, the prophets would often bring kind of some doom and gloom. Remember we talked about that? They'd bring some like, hey, you're off track, you're off track, come back, come back, come back, point us back to God. So in Zephaniah, it was no different. There was this idea that the um, nation of Israel was off track. And so it was this, hey, watch out. It's going to get worse. Uh, but then the end of Zephaniah, it really changes gears. And there's this unbelievable language of restoration and redemption and of God being the one that restores, not just our effort in turning back to him. And so as we get ready to, to participate this morning, I want to read this verse to you in Zephaniah uh, 317. It says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. Now listen to this. But will rejoice over you with singing. And I love that picture because so often, I think, I know I view God as just this recipient of our songs and of our praise. And here we see this picture of God being the initiator of singing and of singing this song over us. And we get to receive. And by no means am I trying to imply that Emma and I are taking the place of God. But I think there is some times to just simply let a song be sung over you to receive. So as we go about this morning uh, and we, again, sing songs that might be new, I'd encourage you to receive. And I'd also encourage you to then respond uh, and however you see fit. So why don't you, uh, Emma and I, we're going we're gonna to stay seated, but why don't you guys stand up? <laughs> And I want you to just uh, close your eyes for a second. Just you and me. Close your eyes. And at the, uh, the GLS, uh, 
Bill Hybels and his uh, daughter Shauna and uh, Henry Cloud, they did this exercise where they were challenging all of us to just identify where we're at. This, the speed of life and the condition of our soul. How are those doing? Is the speed of life so hectic that the condition of your soul is diminishing? And I know that would be true for me oftentimes. And so as we gather here, it's so easy to come in here with that same hectic speed of life, saying, okay, we're here, we're going to get church done, and then we've got a million things we've got to do when we get home. And just take this as an opportunity to stop and pause and reflect and say, God, is my soul hurting because I'm moving so fast? And so as we sing, uh, I'd encourage, encourage you to just be open. Be open to what God has in store for you. Be open to, the, to the, the still small voice of God. We can slow down enough that we can hear him. We can hear his voice speaking to us. That we can hear his voice singing over us. Your love 
two things you told me that you are strong and you love me yes you love me
just as we are and that you receive us. God, I pray that um, as we are gathered here, as we're looking to you, as we're encouraging one another, wherever we might be coming from, that we might be able to see and sense and respond to your presence. That we might be able to say that God truly is here and that we can walk away from here different, having encountered you. And so, God, again, thank you for hearing us despite the the darkness and the sadness in our own hearts, that you meet us there so that you can uh, pull us into your glorious light. We thank you for that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You can have a seat, and our kids are going to be going off to their classes right now, and they're going to be learning about the truth of who God is, and we celebrate that, and we love them and what they're learning, so we're going to give them a high five and send them off. As the kids are heading out, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to have those that are helping out with our first fruits. They are going to make their way forward.
And as we respond in giving, uh, this is another way for us to just simply acknowledge who God is. And uh, Troy's going to be talking about this more a little bit later, about just agreeing with God as to who he is and, and that we are not him. And that we get to respond to him to say, God, you are our provider. And it's not you plus the things that I've built. It's not you plus my job. It's not you plus, uh, you know, the, my circumstances. God is our provider, period. And so when we engage in this act, it's our act of faith. It's a step of faith. It's an act of worship that says, yes, God and God alone is my sustenance. God and God alone is, is my source, my provision. And so when we act uh, and, and do this, collectively as well as personally we are declaring that to be true so let's pray as we get as we give god you are our provider period nothing else can satisfy nothing else can provide hope like you do there is no job there is no circumstance there is no brokenness that you can't provide for and so as we give to you we just ask that you would instill in our hearts and impress on our hearts that reality and that truth that you provide and that you are good and that you love us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. It's good to be together. Uh, I want to share with you this morning uh, some reflections uh, about my trip. Uh, I had uh, what was called <clears throat> a study break. And the, the reason that came about was as the elders, we had kind of met with a consultant, someone who kind of counseled us on, how do you take care of a pastor? That may sound a little bit odd. Well, you pay him, maybe one would be good. And, uh, but really, what's that? Proper care and feeding. Proper care and feeding, food, <laughs> like right, special gifts. Uh, I think, Part of maybe what many of you don't know, and, and maybe some of you are in this, but every week uh, I, I've got, like last service said, thank you for sharing your heart. Man, can I clarify? Every week I'm sharing my heart. Every week it's a heartfelt, passionate message. But often what happens <clears throat> is because of that pacing and every week, every week, every week, a lot of pastors take so much responsibility on that they tend to, to get lost in the busyness of, of their, their jobs and don't have time for self. And especially for the messages that are being taught, that's a lot, they're a lot of work. So the elders, we were a little bit tight this year financially and so I was thinking about just not doing it because I've never done one. And the elders said, nope, we're mandating you go. So there I went, I went to Colorado, that's a picture from my iPhone of some of the spaces that I was walking in. Uh, but I want to invite you in on this service on a couple levels. I'm obviously up here with these two. And part of the reason is because I want to share music that's hit me. And uh, this week I asked Bobby, because I have not been up here like this before. Actually, Bobby and I go way back. and. I was said the last service, when, when you say way back, that usually means I don't remember how many years. Um, since really Bobby left high school. And he's been a large part of probably our influence of music. I read this last service. Um, many of you don't know our, our third daughter, Haley, who's at UWM, uh, 
she had a brain tumor and you know Bobby that was early in Bobby's journey just with music and I surprised him last service because we actually we cleaned our house finally I'm totally joking I'm totally joking we did a purging of winning because we're about to Airbnb our house for uh, Packer games but we found the journal that Trisha had kept about what was going up to Haley's brain surgery and Bobby wrote this song for Haley right before she went into surgery. Listen to this. Um, I hold I hold you till I know it's gone. I, I will hold you till I know it's gone. The fear that I'm hiding, there's comfort in your innocence, your smile so reassuring. I draw you in through the tears, I whisper that I love you. You share your joy without a care, reminding me what faith is. How could I have known what this world would bring to you, but I stand secure in that you're not alone. My hope is in what can't be seen. The grace of God can heal you with a prayer. So I love this part. I, I will rest my head and wait, for you are not my own. Obviously, but he, but he looks almost like claims are his own. You are marked and set apart the promise of your father. So Bobby wrote that before Haley went into surgery. That was a dirty trick you played. I know. Surface. Totally. I know. That was a wreck. I know. I was like, oh, I, I, I have not, I, I haven't seen that, you know, in whatever, 20 years. Yeah. I, but, I can't even remember how the song goes either. Well, Haley's waiting for the music to it now. <laughs> so I'm just saying, she's waiting for the music to it, the, the, yeah. the score. Uh, why am I saying that? Because uh, I think our relationship with just music's always been really a part of me. And uh, I've been kind of on this album and often I inflict Bobby with music that I like. And so, you know, and that's, that's an interesting role for him because that's kind of his role, but I'll go, oh, gosh, I love this album. Or I, I'll tell him I have a bromance with a certain like male worship singer. Um, and it's because the lyrics, I think you don't, we don't recognize our Bibles are loaded with songs that are scripture, that are, that are, that are influential in our lives. And so <clears throat> on my trip, uh, I was listening to uh, the Jesus Culture album, uh, Let It Echo, and there are a lot of songs in there. And so I didn't want to have like, here's a song, listen to these two. Uh, I'm gonna sing them too. Um, so there's gasp in the audience. <laughs> so part of what I did this week is I practiced with them, and I've never used one of these. This is an ear monitor. Uh, an ear monitor is going to basically give me the feed of exactly what I sound like. That's not really good. We all sound really good out there until you do that. And I was thinking about that last service. I thought, you know what? That's a lot like what silence or a study break did for me. It was kind of like pulling away the noise and hearing exactly how I'm living. And God kind of peeled back everything else. There's no other voices of the world in it. It's just me. And I can tell there are things that were off tune for me. There were, there were things that I needed to address. And so um, I want to share just a few of these with you this morning. Um, first was resign my control. Resign my control. And that, uh, I read, a, uh, there's a paragraph I'll just write. I wrote these journal, journal entries. It says, resign my control. I'm driven. I re realize that this stems from a deep wound from my father that never gave his approval. 
um, unless I was accomplishing something. I am more noticing how I need to resign from the approval-seeking, accomplishment-driven shell I wear and rest more comfortably in who I am and what I am and the world around me. This is not to say that I don't lead, but embrace more of the now and not take on the responsibility for accomplishing my faith and everybody else's. So let me explain. Uh, John Maxwell, the Global Leadership Summit, again, uh, profound. You heard the gospel, uh, how cool, over 400 people in this room, hearing the message of Christ but building into leadership. John Maxwell, leadership guru, said this, people have uphill hopes, but they have downhill habits. And I think for me, I'm recognizing what God's has surfaced me. I've been reading a lot of Brendan Manning, um, some other books, and it's surfacing that I have to let go. I don't know if how many of you feel the weight of having to do things because they'll never get done unless you do them. And that transcends into my spiritual journey where I feel like I have to move the church forward. And so I wrote, my wife said, please don't start with I resign because that was kind of my like creative way to start. I resign and then just watch the reaction or, or cheering, who knows. Uh, but I need to resign from trying to make our church great. I need to resign from trying to make people's spiritual lives great. I need to resign from trying to make my own spiritual life great. I don't know where that sits with you, but that has been, I've been wrestling with that and thinking through that. Because the whole nature of the gospel, friends, is not about you taking charge of anything. Yeah. Amen. Whoever that is, they're right with me. Perfect. Uh, it's Paul's passage in Galatians. In verse 19, he just says, I've died to the law. But then verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. There, there's no way, there's no special Greek meaning to this passage where, oh no, it just means figuratively. No, it means you die. I realize uh, this word that keeps popping up for me. And I'm, I'm focusing in this morning on me, and you're getting an inside monitor mix to, to Troy, like what I wrestle through. This will, will come out at Leadership Launch and in series this year, but for me, I'm realizing i got to learn how to surrender. I, I really do. How not to feel the weight of being in charge. And so I love Christ. It's, it's Christ who lives within me. So one of the songs uh, that we're going to sing right now <clears throat> is from this album, and it's Alive in You, uh, just a couple of the lyrics. From beginning to the end, all my life is in your hands. The world, the whole world may hold me down, but it can never drown you out. I'm not merely flesh and bone. I was made for something more. And it just goes into this. You are God. You are the great I am. Breath of life. I breathe you in. Even through the fire, I'm alive in you. It's this idea that I, I can't live in Christ until I die. He can't live in me till I let go and let him live. And it's such a paradoxical concept, right, to teach on a good Sunday morning and make people feel great about this. It's tough. And probably what I felt immediately when I was listening to these songs, uh, they seem to illustrate, I think, and I connect with them. 
So this morning, we're going to sing these, and I know we're sitting down, and we might stand up, whatever, but I want to invite you in to do one, respond. If you need to stand up, if you need to raise your hands, if you need to kneel down. Uh, the, the, the thought of this is not, <laughs> by God, no, is it a concert with Troy, right? But it is uh, us singing together and hearing the lyrics and let them soak in. All right, so, so let's sing this together, Alive in You.
service you could purchase. You'll be signing autographs? Yeah, I'll be signing <laughs> autographs. So here's in my next entry. Uh, again, it was a week long and Dan Thomas and Sarah Thomas used to be on our staff years ago and they uh, have a torchbearer school and so I got a cabin Ironically, it was this retro cabin that had a study to it, like a library, and uh, it was 20 bucks a night. Can't go wrong in Colorado for 20 bucks a night, so uh, it was rich. Here's one of my other readings. I read a lot of Brennan Manning, and I, I don't know where you land with Brennan. Uh, I love him. He is a Catholic priest. He uh, kind of found himself laying in his own vomit as a, as a drunk, and uh, God, he came to his senses. And isn't it interesting in our lives how we only come to our senses when life falls apart? It's, it seems like that's where we really meet God in most moments are when we're staring at the pig pen and realizing, gosh, I can go home at any point. So Brennan's readings for me were really deep. One of them I read Ruthless Trust and the other one was Furious Longing of God and both super powerful for me but let me read this to you. Brennan's writing on the biblical principle of trust has cut very deep. Trust is fully embracing who you are now, right now, without dressing it up with accomplishments or religious behavior. Trust in God does not get wavered from the praise or criticisms of others. Full trust in God does not worry and has a divine forgetfulness of self. I need to pray this trust into my life, asking God to help me surrender the whole person. You know, I realize it's easy for me to say I trust God. I don't know about for you, but it's easy to say that. We know the verses. In fact, what's the... You know, the trust in the Lord with all your heart. I mean, that's so, in some ways in our culture, we've, we've cliche, kind of use that. I, I trust God, trust God. But when you start peeling back the layers, like trust, there's, there's no room here. It says trust in the Lord with not part of your heart, but all of it. Don't, he doesn't say, hey, you can lean on some of your smarts because you're smart in some areas, you know. It's like God saying, you, you might have me on that one. Go ahead. No, it says, don't lean on any of your understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. I mean, this is a big issue for us in trust. And Emma, last service you shared, I mean, where do you struggle with, with this? You kind of... Worry. 
Yeah, and how much do you worry about? Everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Yeah. And that's got to be hard, especially saying and singing songs yeah. that talk about trust. Yeah, I think like Emma, for me, I think I'm peeling back these layers and say, I can say I trust God. But when life hits, trust starts to surface some things like, do I trust too much in the affirmation of people? Do I trust too much in my own control or accomplishments that make me feel safer? You know, do, I, do I think about what we put trust in? So let me, let me read, uh, this is Daniel Strickland's quote, and I loved her. She was a uh, She's one of the officers in the Salvation Army, and she was just brilliant yesterday. Uh, unbelievable. Really, really gifted. She says, she says this statement, and I think this is where it's got to start. We need to agree with God about who he is. We're not him. But isn't that the issue of trust? For me, I'm realizing I move into the posture of trusting Troy as God. And that, that isn't, there's no room for that. Brennan writes this, Claving, uh, craving clarity, we attempt to eliminate the risk of trusting God. Let me say that again. We crave clarity. So much in this life that we attempt to eliminate this, this uh, risk of trusting God. We, we want to get rid of trusting God because it's not clarity. It says, fear of the unknown path stretching ahead of us destroys childlike trust in the Father's active goodness and unrestricted love. It's interesting how we shift from being kids that can fully trust in things. And don't we almost sometimes chastise it or, or discourage it? it we, it's, it's like wild behavior or you have too much trust or you're being real not smart, right? And yet, this is the message that Jesus teaches most often when it comes to trust. You gotta be like one of these little children. So I'm not sure where this is landing for you. I know for me, it begs a question for me about trusting in my future, just giving it to God. That I don't have to mark out a path of, of what's coming. I don't, I mean, some of us worry about what's next and will I be able to retire? And, you know, I've had people ask me, where will you go from here? And I'm realizing more and more, it's probably not healthy for me to figure that trust stuff out. Like, I have something set up for myself. And I'm not discouraging planning or anything like that. I, but I, what I am saying is this, I'm wrestling with. What are the things I'm trusting in? So Daniel Strickland, she, she said something else that I thought was so brilliant that I think is an interesting takeaway, at least for me. And this came yesterday. And just know that as you're getting kind of the inner ear monitor mix of Troy's heart and soul, uh, this team knows that. I'm, it's pretty active. So yesterday impacted a lot of these things for me. Um, there was a session about putting sacrificing on the altar, you know, the altar, um, putting on ch achievement as, as giving that back to God. Quit worrying about that. Quit trusting in that. 
But listen to what Danielle Strickland says this. She says, in order to kind of, and she's not even really talking about trust, but she is indirectly talking about trust. She talked about Gideon. But she says this, you have to create pockets of dependence on God so that he can show up in real life for you. You have to create pockets of dependence. So you know how I translate this. How I translate this most, uh, where are you serving or living or doing where it's the most uncomfortable and you have to trust God? Where, where are those spaces? When Trish and I traveled to Algeria to Muslim refugee camp, yeah, that, that had to take some trust. A, I don't know what I'm doing there. I don't, I'm not really qualified to talk to anybody. I don't know their language. And I feel unsafe. Do that's a pocket of trust, a place of dependence. What is it for you? What pockets are, that need to be in there in your life? I remember we used to have an elder at our church, Jim Moore, who he would just set up lunch in the silverware and plates or plasticware. I don't think it was silverware, but it was plasticware and plates for people that came in and got food. And I asked him why he did that. He said, because it's so outside of what I'm good at a pocket of dependence and trust. And I think for me, it just, it was a monitor mix for me to wake up and say, do I have this kind of trust in God? Do I trust him that way? Do I trust him with my future? And so one of the songs again on this album for me, and then Bobby has a song that, that he brought to it, which is awesome, Trust in You. But the one that's really hit me on the album feels like I'm selling an album, by the way, but I'm not. Actually, we are in two weeks, so um, Bobby will be sharing our album, our church album. But it's called Everything and Nothing Less, and I love, it says, humbly I stand an offering with open hands, Lord, I bring. Everything and nothing less, my best, my all, you deserve every breath, my life and my song, and it goes into, I surrender, and he says in this line, Lord, take control. Again, I don't... Our music that, that we're sharing this morning is not for you to just sit back. If the Spirit of God moves in you this, this, this morning, it may be that you stand up. It may be you kneel down. You may need to reconcile as you hear truth uh, saying to you. And so we'd like to sing these two songs for you. Will you dive in with us?
Amen. Um, you know, as we uh, put songs together, sometimes there's amazing inspiration and sometimes there's, there's not. And Emma and I got together early in the week and we knew that Troy was going with this resign and this trust and he had brought us that I Surrender song and that was uh, beautiful and powerful. And, and so I just turned to, turned to Emma and I said, do you know any good trust songs? And she kind of looked at me and went, well. <laughs> uh, there's this um, um, woman that attends our church, uh, Shirley Turpin, and she'd been coming to you how many, how long, how many weeks? Uh, a long time. Probably oh. since the first week I sang, actually. <laughs> there was a long time again, which means she doesn't know how long. Right. <laughs> it's been that long. It's a long time. <laughs> and just kept on saying, you need to sing this song, you need to sing this song, you need to sing this song, you need to sing this song. And so I said, do you know any good trust songs? She says, well, there's a song called Trust in You that I've been told I need to sing for <laughs> a long time. And so it's just kind of cool how... Again, like I said, sometimes there's huge inspiration, you know, like on Troy's journey out in the mountains and these songs just speaking to him. And sometimes, uh, you know, they, they come about in different ways like this where it's just been, you know, hanging in the wings for a long time. But uh, anyway, in that spirit of just letting go and trusting God, and, then, and in the same way that we've been singing these songs, I would encourage you to both receive as you are listening to the song, but then also to respond. Uh, with whatever that is, whether again, just singing, standing. Yeah. 
Thank God for Emma. Uh, maybe the maybe that I guess you call it a high time but maybe a, a most exposing for me on that study break and the elders have given me two so I took one so look out I'm going to the beach on the next one so who knows what the beach will do to me but um, started to really look at what's my longing for God like so we say we love God and again, it's one of those phrases we talk a lot about. Do you love God? Of course I, lo I love God. But I think for me, I started to look at what are the things that I long for more than I do than I do God. And, and I realized I love my wife and I think many times I long for her more than I do my God. And it doesn't make our marriage wrong. It just makes an interesting perspective because then I started to look at other things in my life that I long for. Do I long for community church to be successful? Do I long for success? Do I, what are the things that I'm longing for? So I'll read this to you. This is, again, one of my readings or my writings about the readings I had. Manning's, or Brennan Manning asks, is it I should pray or I must pray? The layer that God is peeling back on my soul is that I should myself regularly. What I mean by that is it sounds terrible. But I realize because of how I grew up and some of the lies we begin to, to adopt, I often feel like I should do things for God. Because I'm supposed to. Because I'm a good soldier, right? I was in the Marine Corps. I'm a, I'm a good, good soldier. And I think a lot of times as a teacher, as a leader, any of us, we project often some of the, the brokenness and the flawedness of how we grew up. And one of them is, I should all over people a lot of times. Sounds terrible, this is on tape, I'm sure it's gonna sound crazier, but I'm shooting you right now. Um, and I don't hear that in the vocabulary that Jesus is talking about following And so it goes on, it says, I should myself regularly in work, my marriage, my faith, and it's time that I begin to truly look at my longings and reconnect with the overwhelming glory of God. And I need to pray and let this prayer soak into my life. And this prayer I picked up on is, Abba, I belong to you. And so let me explain that. The the reason I got into that is because as reading Brennan Manning's book, The, the Furious Longing of God, I would rabbit trail with, with studies. So I looked at the glory of God and how we meet God. And you find that the, the God reveals himself usually in the darkest spaces of your life, the most adverse places of your life. Uh, but can I also add to that in the quietest places of your life? I feel like going to the mountains in his creation, it says, the, it says the rocks cry out his glory. It says that creation just beacons his glory. I don't know what it is, but that we need more of that. And so I started to study glory of God and where have I felt that lately? But reading in Brennan's book, one of the things he talks about is this story of an, a 78-year-old nun that gets to his hotel room at about 2 a.m. in the morning, wakes him up, and she's just a mess. And so they take two chairs and they 
put him outside in the hallway and he starts to talk to her and she talks about when she was five years old, her father would come into her room and you know the story. Uh, the sexual abuse that went on and on and on and on. And uh, you read it and you're just, you're, you're struck with the pain of this woman, but you recognize almost in some ways how, how we go opposite of what we feel we aren't. So, so she definitely felt, she says she felt dirty and, and broken and not worthy. She becomes a nun. But it says how she couldn't even take communion. How she, she would try to divert communion all the time. I mean, especially as a nun, that'd be very difficult in, in what she was doing. So he sits with her and says, I want you to pray this prayer. And she says, uh, I want you to pray this prayer and come back in a year. And it was, Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. And, and in, you'll have to read the book because she comes back transformed. But why did she, why was she transformed? When I grew up, uh, again, I had a father that I really didn't hear. I don't remember ever hearing I love you. I do now for my dad, but not growing up. And I realize a lie I picked up. This is one of those monitor mix things you start to realize. I don't feel like I'm a good son. I mean, that, even saying it is still hard to say it. I don't feel like a good son. How crazy is that? That, I mean, why would I feel that responsibility? Why can't it just be that a father loves his son? I don't feel like a good son. I imagine many of you don't feel like good sons or daughters. I did not feel. I don't feel that. And so what I've recognized is that I've been propelling a lot of my life to try to prove that I'm a good son. Not just to my father, but to God. I'll do this for you, God. I'll, I, I want you to say that you're a great son. And I think what Brennan did for me, uh, he unlocked for me the truth in Scripture. That I am a son called a son of God. I'm called a a chosen son of God's. I'm, I am his son, and he loves me. And this prayer, so I called Trisha, and right after I'd done this, but I thought, oh, I'll give it a whirl. So I, I would walk a couple miles every morning and up these dirt paths and roads, and I was praying out loud. Probably why the moose didn't come around, but I, I was praying, Abba, I belong to you. And I started to weep. Because I realize how quickly we forget who we are. We forget that God loves you in this moment, right now, in the mess. Because all of us bring garbage into this room, don't we? And what I recognize, ah, oh, sitting in that, it, it's, re it's a relief. It's a natural, this is Brennan Manning, it's it is natural to feel fear and insecurity when confronted with the radical demands of the Christian commitment. Don't some of us feel the weight of being Christian? What we should do, what we shouldn't do, right? And how many of you feel guilty? I do. I'll walk off stage feeling guilty. Oh, I just told them they should do this and I should be doing it. And I, 
shooting all over. But listen to this. But enveloped in the lived truth of God's furious love. I want to do a series this year called Furious Love. God's furious love. Insecurity is swallowed up in the solidarity or in the, uh, the solidarity of agape. And the anguish and fear give way to hope and desire. The Christian becomes aware that God's appeal for a limited generosity from his people has been preceded uh, from his side by a limitless love, a love so intent on, upon a response that he has empowered us to respond through the gift of his spirit. That's, that's a mouthful. And probably what I want to tell you is that, that God loves us. I'm a good son. I'm a good son no matter how much crud I'm in. And it says, for while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't say, and because we got cleaned up, we look good for Jesus and he took us on. It was while we were yet sinners. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son in atoning sacrifice for our sins. And look at the second part. We love because he first loved us. It can't be more, I think, profound and beautiful than that, that we have a God that, that furiously loves us. We're going into our response time and, right, we're going into response. Lost track of my, I'm, I'm so unstudied, scheduled, just, I'm just, this is raw, I'm losing it. We're going to go into response and I really don't have a response for you. And, and, and that's like not because of it's a lack of preparation, but again, I'm giving you the inner ear monitor. I don't know how God's hitting you. I know this. At the table is a father that says, you are my daughter, you are my son. You can't surprise me with any junk you bring to the table. I love you. I furiously will pursue you. Friends, that is like, is that enough? You might want to go to the table and, and have your hands open and pray the prayer out loud. Abba, I belong to you. What a beautiful, what a, a beautiful proclamation of truth because you do. So uh, the song that these guys picked, which I love, All Sons and Daughters, right? The Longing it couldn't be more perfect. Um, these things unseen won't cripple me. I place my hope in you. That this deep desire, this longing hour, I'm falling into you. Love is and always was the longing placed inside my heart to know you and be known by you. You know you have a God this morning as you go to the table that longs to be with you. Man, will we just embrace that? Let me pray for us and then we're going to sing that and then 10,000 reasons. And stand, sit, kneel. However, Father, you're a great God, and this morning, we as a church open up our hands and say, Abba, we belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
weekend on Sunday night we're doing an uprising it's like a concert of four churches that are coming together to do a worship night and it's here and so if you do want to hear more of this and you want to be a part of that it starts at 6 30 next Sunday it's free and we'd love for you to come and be a part it'll be packed with all kinds of people from different churches and what a cool opportunity to be a part of so don't miss that that's next Sunday um, also feed my starving children how many of you guys are going to pack this year with us yeah, okay, those of you that don't have your hands up, I'm hoping you do join us. Um, this morning, our registration opened, and it's a private registration just for churches that have been doing their fundraising. And so there are 11 churches that all are logging on this morning. I have my fingers crossed that this won't break the system, but there are 2,500 spots, and I would love for every single one of you to be a part of that. It's a two-hour commitment, and quite honestly, it's not really a commitment. It's actually a really fun party to be a part of. So it's October 3rd through the 6th, and if you haven't packed or you have no idea what I'm talking about and you are curious, there is a kiosk out there, and we would love to help you. We have a card here that walks you through how to get signed up. It's so easy, and I really would hate for you to miss it. It's a whole week of fun. To me, it's like a whole week of a party, so be a part of it. Also, at the children's checkout, there's some people there to help you as well. So we also have to raise all the funds um, for that. And so the 11 churches collectively raise $110,000, and that pays for the food that we pack. And so we've been doing things all year for that. And one of them is the 5K coming up on September 10th. And so what you guys don't know is that Troy was also prepping to race that day when he was in the mountains. So he'd call me and like literally walking up the driveway, he was out of breath. So if you want to beat him, you can get an award that, that morning when we run together, and so the, the challenge is on. So if you want to beat him, it would be pretty cool. No, really, he really does want to be beat. So um, it's a chip-timed race, and there are awards, and if you register by tomorrow, you get a t-shirt. So now I want to tell you something else about that. Sometimes for runs, some of your money goes towards paying for some of these the things to make the run happen, but our team has done awesome work at finding sponsors and so every penny of your registration goes toward the money raised to feed kids so it's pretty cool so if you want to come out and be a part that'll be another party i like parties um and then the last thing is um this isn't really a party but i have to say it <laughs> no i'm kidding so we have a budget here at our church. You're probably happy we do. And um, for the last couple of weeks, we've talked about it. We really are very transparent about where the money is spent because it's all given by you guys. And so we want you to see what that budget is and worked very hard on it. And so we vote on it next week. And I'd hate for you to show up and vote on something you haven't seen or maybe you have questions about. So there is a copy out there. Mark is at the kiosk and he would love to talk to you further if you have any questions. 
And that's it. Enjoy your Sunday, and we'll see you next week.